Amen. Well, all praise and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. An honor to Pastor Pickett and my pastoral staff here. The pulpit is looking better and better all the time. We've had to add chairs. That's a good sign, isn't it? Amen. Well, my wife has been blessed this uh, this day because I have been trying to rest my voice for tonight. So this is hot tea with honey. You can still hear it, but Lord willing, we'll look at the scriptures tonight. Wednesday of Holy Week has a special name. I preached Wednesday of Holy Week last year. Anyone here? Anyone remember what that name is? I know you know Maundy Thursday. You've heard of that. And we've all heard of Good Friday because it's even written on our calendars. But what is Wednesday? It's called, historically in the church, it's called Spy Wednesday. And do you remember who it's about? Who was the spy? The traitor. It was Judas. And so historically on on Spy Wednesday of Holy Week, we would talk about Judas, and that's exactly what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at another aspect of Judas Iscariot. You know, people just really don't like Judas much. I mean, when was the last time you saw a St. Judas church? Right? You know, a few years back when, uh, when biblical names were, were all the rage, you know, I mean, we had, you know, we, we had little uh, Josiahs and Joshuas and Jeremiahs running around and Aaron's and Levi's and Obadiah's. We didn't have any, uh, we, we, no, we didn't have any little Judases running around, did we? Yeah, you just don't see that. As a matter of fact, you remember that Jesus' younger brother was named Judas. But yet when he wrote the book in our New Testament, he used the diminutive of his name and shortened it to Jude. I wonder why. <laughs> because, because, you know, we don't, we don't read uh, in the Bible first and second Pete. And, and, we, don't, and we don't have first, second, and third Jack. But we've got Jude because nobody wants to be associated with Judas is Cariot. So who was he? What do we know about him? We really don't know all that much about him. We do know his father's name was Simon. His surname is Cariot. We're not exactly sure. We think it's very possible it's a combination of the Hebrew word ish and Cariot. Uh, which would be translated man of Cariot. That was a, a small town in Judea. Okay? And, and we, we know that he was uh, the treasurer of the group of 12. We know he was a thief stealing from the treasury. But what would compel a man to sentence his closest friend to one of the most horrible deaths imaginable? You know, there have been several people that have come up with, well, here's, we th- think, why he did it. We don't really know. Some have suggested 
that, you know, being from Kerioth, Judas would have been the only non-Galilean disciple in the whole group. He would have been the only one from Judea. And you know how it feels to be an outsider in a group. That's a possibility. It may be that he turned Crown's evidence uh, to save his own skin because he could see what was coming and it wasn't going to be good. Maybe he plain and simply did it out of greed. He was stealing from the treasury, you know. And I'm sure he would say, no, it wasn't about the money. But you know what they say when anyone says it's not about the money, you know it's always about the money, right? Yeah. 30 pieces of silver, it wasn't, it wasn't a fortune, but it was still a lot. It could be that Judas came to hate Christ because he couldn't hide his inner self from Christ. Others would look at Judas and see a fine, upstanding disciple, a nice man, a treasurer, trustworthy. Jesus knew better. Maybe he sensed that Jesus knew better. It might be that Judas's last name wasn't even a derivative of the Hebrew ish karyot, as much as it was a form of the Greek word that meant dagger bearer. Now the dagger bearers, they were a band of very violent nationalists who were prepared to use every means available to them, including assassination, to free Palestine from the Romans. He could have started following Jesus thinking that Jesus was that Messiah who was going to to liberate them from Rome and then he understands that Jesus is not here to do that and he might have just given up in despair on him. We don't know exactly what drove Judas to do what he did but in his effort to have it all he missed it all. Judas Iscariot, friend, confidant, disciple, treasurer, traitor. How it must have broken Jesus' heart when Judas stepped out of that crowd and planted that kiss on his cheek. The name Judas will go down in history and has gone down in history, being synonymous with betrayal. But tonight, in your effort to have it all, don't miss it all. The question we need to ask on this Spy Wednesday 2018 is this. When Jesus hanged himself on that day, what did he miss? If we go back to the text that we read earlier, that Dr. Stevens read, Judas threw the money on the floor of the temple, and he went out and hanged himself. If we look carefully at that text, it seems that this took place right after first, uh, chapter 27, verse 1. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and other leaders met again to discuss how to persuade the Roman government to sentence Jesus to death. Then they bound him and they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. And when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. And he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the other leaders. It seems, from the reading of the text, that before Christ was even sentenced, Judas was dead. 
Before Pilate finished questioning Jesus, Judas was dead. Before Barabbas was released, Judas was dead. Before Jesus was scourged with the whip, Judas was dead. Before the crown of thorns was pushed on Jesus' head, Judas was dead. Before they nailed Jesus to the cross, Judas was dead. But the real tragedy is this, that when Jesus looked down from that cross at those who had mocked him and spit on him, at those who had slapped him and struck him, when Jesus saw those who had pulled his beard, who had beat him and jammed that vicious crown of thorns, deep into his forehead and nailed him to the cross when Jesus looked at that mob and cried out in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Judas was already dead. In your effort to have it all, don't miss it all. So the very first and most important thing that Judas missed was the pardon of Jesus Christ. He missed the pardon of the Son. Now now you may be one of those that believe that what Judas did was so heinous and so horrible that Judas could never have been forgiven. Oh, but my Bible still tells me in Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. So he is giving more time to everyone to repent. Do you catch that? He does not want anyone to perish. Anyone, not even Judas. Just as it was Judas' decision to betray Christ, it was Judas' choice to die unrepentant and go to hell. To write off the possibility that Judas' chariot could not have obtained forgiveness for his actions, that's a scary thought. You see, Christ's forgiveness is not dependent upon our behavior, and it doesn't even matter whether or not we deserve it. Christ's forgiveness is dependent upon his grace and mercy. Had Judas asked for forgiveness, Jesus would have done it. I know that because there was another friend named Peter who denied even knowing Jesus. But yet Jesus forgave him. You know, the saddest part of this story is that Judas came so close, so very close to forgiveness. I mean, if you think about what goes into forgiveness, acknowledgement of our sin, a sense of remorse and repentance for our sin, and then acceptance of the forgiveness offered to us by faith. So how close did Judas come? He said in verse 4 of Matthew 27, I have sinned. Well, there's his acknowledgement. For I have betrayed an innocent man. I have sinned. J- Judas didn't try, he didn't try to justify it, did he? 
Oh, you know, he could have offered up some excuses. Well, you know what? They knew who Jesus was anyway. I mean, me kissing him and pointing it out, I mean, they could have arrested him any time. They, they knew who he was. Wasn't anything I did. I mean, he could have excused himself. He could have rationalized his guilt. Well, how was I to know that they were going to beat him, much less put him to death? I was just pointing him out to them. That's all. Oh, no, he didn't do that. He said, I have sinned. He fessed up, didn't he? And then verse 3 says, When Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. Not only did he admit his sin, he was sorry for his sin. He had remorseful feelings. He felt it deeply. And then you say, but was he repentant? Oh, I think he was. Because what did he do? He tried to make restitution. He tried to undo it. Isn't that what repentance really is? Repentance means that we turn and we go in a different direction. He was willing to go into a different direction. He took the the 30 pieces of silver. He took it back to them. He gave it back. He says, I want everything to go back the way it was, but it just wasn't going to happen that way. But he tried. He was very close. He had three out of four. But he couldn't bring himself to face Jesus and ask for forgiveness. That's all he had to do. He realized he had sinned. He felt sorry for his sin. He even tried to make restitution for his sin. But he couldn't bring himself to that point. Are you like that in any way in your life? You need to ask God to forgive you. You need to ask someone else to forgive you. You just can't bring yourself to that point. Judas, in his effort to gain everything, lost everything. So the first thing that Judas missed was the pardon of the son. But the second thing that Judas missed, oh, you see, the second thing was that he missed the peace of the father. John chapter 20, verse 19 That evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Three days after Jesus died, Jesus was alive. Judas was still dead. So he missed this whole appearance of Jesus to the disciples. 
oh, but, but Peter was there. Peter saw, got that forgiveness. But Judas missed it. He missed the pardon of the Son, and he missed the peace of the Father. In your effort to have it all, don't miss it all. Peace, oh, how that quality eluded Judas. He seemed to have lived without it, and and now it would appear that he died without it. The peace that Christ promised his disciples. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift the peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid. Do you know why people steal? Do you know why people are greedy? Because they're troubled. They're afraid. They don't have enough. And that's exactly what was going on with Judas. And Jesus said, I've got a gift of peace. But Judas missed it. I wonder if Judas was struggling with his decision even as Christ spoke about peace. I wonder if if even he was craving a peace that would never be his. He said, the world can never give you peace. Suicide is one of the greatest killers of Americans. There is one suicide for every 40 seconds in the world. And every year in the U.S., over one million people attempt suicide. Why? Because they're missing an ingredient in their life. And I guarantee you that ingredient is peace. The peace that only God can give. Peter wrote in the letter that he wrote to the Christians in the city of Philippi. He wrote in chapter 4, verse 7, If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And if you know Christ, you have that peace. But have you ever tried to describe that peace to someone who doesn't have it? It's not easy, is it? They just don't seem to get it. It's difficult. They look at you funny, you know? Because people, when they hear the word peace, they think about uh, like peace in the Middle East or something. Oh, well, they're not shooting rockets at each other, so that's what peace is. But no, no, when the Bible talks about peace, it isn't talking about just the absence of war. Okay. It, it's, it's talking about being set right or set at one again. It's talking about relationships with people. And when we are granted forgiveness through the grace of God, then our relationship with God is restored. We're brought to that place where we belong. And Judas missed that restoration. Suicide doesn't solve problems. It creates problems. It's very doubtful that Judas was was able to say at the point of his death the same words that Christ said, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. You see, Judas didn't damn himself at the point in which he betrayed Christ. Judas damned himself at the point in which he would not seek forgiveness. That was it. One thing most commentators will agree on is that Judas was a fervent nationalist. 
He was looking for an end to the Roman tyranny and, and Jewish enslavement. And he thought that answer lay in Jesus. He thought he was following someone who would give him that third element that he missed. You see, he missed, he missed the pardon of the Son. He missed the peace of the Father. And he missed the power of the Spirit. He was looking for power. But he missed it. In your effort to have it all, don't miss it all. I'm sure if you asked Judas what was the one thing that he craved, his answer would have been, it would have been power. Power to make a difference. Power to bring about change. Power to get things done that needed doing. And yet his pathetic demise would bring to mind a lot of images. But I guarantee you, no one associates Judas with power. When Judas came to the end of his relatively short life, he felt so powerless to cope with the events that engulfed him, most of which were his own doing, that he took what seemed to be the easy way out, and he added to his sins. Judas was so caught up in his own problems that he missed the one thing he craved the most. Because 40 days after Judas died, Jesus made this promise to the remaining 11 disciples. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. And we will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And within 10 days of that promise a power of unparalleled magnitude swept into the world. And Judas missed the one thing that was driving his life. The power that Christ gave to the disciples was a world-changing power, a power that could only be described using the Greek word dunamis, the same word that we get our English word dynamite. Same power that Judas had desired, but he missed. That same power, it's available to you and me. The church in general today doesn't lend itself to images of power. We've been relegated to the back burner of society. Frankly, we have little impact. That's just being honest, isn't it? We have little impact on society. Oh, but do you think that the power of the Holy Spirit has changed in these last 2,000 years? Do you think the power of the Holy Spirit that the disciples experienced and displayed and manifested for everyone wherever they went, do you think it's really changed? It hasn't gotten old. The Holy Spirit is Almighty God. And his power is just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. Is it because we fail to claim that power? And we fail to exercise that power? That's where the failure is. It's not with God. And it's certainly not with his power. Well, Judas missed a lot. He missed the pardon of Christ. He missed the peace of the Father, and he missed the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm here to tell you good news. 
on this Spy Wednesday. You don't have to. You do not have to miss that. All that Judas missed is available to you this evening. Christ's forgiveness is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. And you have not done anything that Jesus is not able to forgive you of and is not willing to forgive you of. The peace of God, the peace of God still surpasses understanding in 2018. And the power of his Holy Spirit can still change our world as effectively as it did when the disciples turned the world upside down with the power of the Holy Spirit. But just as Judas had to make a choice for himself, and he did, you have to make the choice for yourself. But in your effort to have it all, Don't miss it all.